The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stack in the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill, and we are back. Finally, we missed last week. It is the first week we have missed since we started this podcast back in last July. We apologize. Had uh, some extenuating circumstances. Office at fan-sided, a uh, little bit of a fire. Everything's fine, but uh, we had to shut the office down for like four days. So that was one thing. I was back in New York uh, visiting family for the weekend, so things got away from us. We are going to tape it on Tuesday and then there was a blaze. So uh, I hope you understand. But we're back, and we plan on being here every week going forward. So week 11, mostly in the books. We're recording this during the Sunday night games at halftime. Right now the Bears are just pasting the Vikings. We'll see if that continues. Uh, but plenty to get to otherwise. And look, there were a lot of interesting games. A lot of the games came down to the last five minutes or so. Some came right down to the last play. Some really important injuries as well. Uh, but Hill, I'll, I'll see the floor to you. What was the thing or the things that most caught your eye, uh, so far in week 11? Uh, I think we have to start with Alex Smith because holy cow. I mean, we were watching the, the game on one of the TVs here in the office and I just saw him on the ground. I was like, oh man, you initially said, cause we watched the replay. Like, oh, I think he just got the wind knocked off him. But then they showed the angle where his legs flopping. And, ooh, boy. Wasn't the was, wind getting knocked out of him? That was not the wind. That was something getting knocked out of him. It was his bone <laughs> getting knocked out of the socket in its ankle. Um, so, the, to me, on the one hand, that's obviously very bad because Alex Smith was having a great season. But it also reminds you of how fragile a playoff hope can be because the Redskins were actually cruising. Okay, They were looking like they might get the win the NFC East, looking like they could be, do some damage in the playoffs. Now they're 6-4. and four. They play Dallas on Thursday. We'll get to that game. Who in Dallas won? So they're they're five and five. So you could be looking at a six and five tie atop the NFC East. 
And that is not where we thought Washington was going to be going. So we saw a lot of injuries last year with Aaron Rodgers and across the board. But it even was like this with Alex Smith. That can really change your outlook on a season because now it's the Colt McCoy show. We were talking about this before the show. Do you really think Colt McCoy is going into the Superdome in January and winning? Like, how do you play that game? How are you Josh Norman or how are you Josh Doxson or how are you Jay Gruden? And you are trying to tell guys, yeah, we can go into the Superdome and win with Colt McCoy. No, you can't. So th- that to me, we're, we're getting to the point of the season where these contenders, they're, the, they're on thin ice. I don't care who you are. Last year, the Packers didn't make the playoffs because Aaron Rodgers got hurt. This year, the Redskins, th- in a, one game, completely flips around in their season. So that's, that's to me something that, that I really took away because it's unfortunate. Yeah, look, you know, we'll talk about that here for a minute. I, I, uh, I hate to see it. Uh, Smith is, went over there. Obviously signed the big four-year contract, $94 million after the trade from Kansas City. And he's been Alex Smith. I'm not going to say you don't know if Shell and Jay's been great. He hasn't been great. But he's been fine. And they've been much better than expected. And all of a sudden, now it's over. Because, look, I'm, Colt McCoy's not getting into the playoffs. No. I, I have a very hard time believing that 32-year-old, I haven't thrown a pass since 2015, Colt McCoy is going to be rising up and, and somehow getting them to 10 wins. I think Dallas is going to win the division at this point. I, I think Dallas is a good defense. The offense is, is pretty tough to watch, although Cooper does give them a different dimension. Um, I think it might – honestly, man, 8-8 eight and eight might do it. 9-7 and seven certainly will. Uh, I think the Cowboys get in. I don't think they're any threat in the NFC, to be blunt, but I think that they probably get in. And for the Redskins, it's a tough pill to swallow. Because if Smith was healthy, I would pick them to win the division. Now, I don't see it happening in – you know, you're right. When we watched it on the on the office TV, he was so calm when he got hurt. He, he took his helmet off. You could tell he was in a little bit of pain. But uh, I thought, okay, you know, he got the wind knocked out of him. And then all of a sudden, you know, like you said, they showed the replay. I was like, well, that's that's not good. Um, so hopefully he heals up. And, and broken tibia, broken fibula, rough. Uh, very, very rough. Hopefully he's back at the start of next year. Yeah. And that is, that is a significant injury moving forward. So – uh, that was definitely one thing we we take away from the week. Another thing I took away from the week was, and we always talk now, especially as we get toward the playoffs, uh, playoff picture and which teams are contenders and, and who could make a move and who's a sleeper. And I think in the how do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good. I see most people say, okay, it's the Chiefs, it's the Pats, it's the Steelers, and then the NFC is the Rams and Saints. And then most of the time you get to that like next tier in terms of I'll tell you, in the AFC it's the Chargers, and in the NFC it's the Panthers. And, you know, those two teams today kind of exhibited why I think a lot of people don't believe in them as Super Bowl contenders. Like, if you're the Panthers, you just cannot lose that game to Detroit. You can't lose that game. You know, and look, we can, and we should get into it too about here in a second with Ron Rivera because that play call at the end. Yeah. Off the top, what are you doing? Yikes. I don't want to hear. I know after the game, he said, well, you know, we're playing to win the game. We're not playing for a tie. Hey, Ron, there's overtime. And you're the better team. Like, I understand that they're in the Superdome playing the Saints. Mm-hmm. And he says, look. I don't want to. I don't want to extend this game. I want to win it or lose it right now. 50-50 coin flip. I feel good about that. You're better than Detroit. Detroit sucks. 
just play it straight up. I don't understand what they're doing. You've only given up 20 points all game long. Just roll with it. And he doesn't do it. And I just, I hate it. I hated everything about it. Carolina almost outgained Detroit by 100 yards in the game. There was no reason to panic there. And the Panthers and the Blues in the game. And for me, the bigger point is the Panthers needed to do that just to even get to a tie. Like they, they never should have been in that position. Detroit stinks. Detroit waved the white flag and they traded Golden Tate a month ago. That was done. Their season's over. And the Panthers gave the game away. And on the flip side of it, just to touch on the Chargers quickly, okay, that game, that's the kind of a game. If they lose the AFC West by a game, they are going to look back and say, how in God's name did we lose that one? They, in the game, racked up 479 yards. They had 26 first downs. They had 38 minutes of possession time. So you're probably asking yourself, well, how did they lose? Well, they lost because Rivers threw two interceptions, and they took 14 penalties for 120 yards. And some of the worst clock management we've ever seen. We were also watching that game as it was breaking yep. down. And, <laughs> and just, just brutal, ridiculous clock management in the last two and a half minutes by the Chargers. Cost them the game. The Broncos get the win. But the bigger story is that the Chargers basically have seeded the division of the Chiefs. They are not going to win the AFC West. The Chiefs now hold all tiebreakers. So the Chargers are looking right in the face of the five seed, which is, you know, it's fine. You're going to make the playoffs, but you're not going to the Super Bowl. No. You're not going three games on the road. So a killer loss for the Chargers. The Chargers are like a chimpanzee with a gun. Like you don't – you're never really scared because you're like, I don't know if he can do anything with the gun. But you're like, also, it's a chimpanzee with a gun. This could get messy. That's the Chargers. Like, they get into the playoffs. Right now, according to NFL.com, they would be going to Houston. And I think that they can win that game. And that would then mean they would play, depending on what happens in the other game, go to Arrowhead or go to Pittsburgh. Specifically Pittsburgh. If they go there, chimpanzee with a gun. You don't know what you're going to get. Like, that could get crazy. So I, I can't be in on Los Angeles too much because of what we've seen. Twice now, I've watched their games and said, ugh, at the end of the games. The first one was with the Chiefs game, which I think the Chiefs still would have won. But the clock management at the end of that game by Anthony Lynn, they're just walking up to the line. They're down two scores. There's six minutes left to go. Walking up to the line, taking their time. And then this, how you don't run the ball with Melvin Gordon, he didn't even need to get a first down. He didn't even need to get in the field goal range. And here we are. They lost. So that, that to me is mind-boggling. But Anthony Lynn, as bad as that play call was, was not the worst coach of the week. The worst coach of the week didn't even coach on Sunday. He coached on Thursday, didn't he? Yeah, he sure did. I, uh, I wrote a column right after the Thursday <laughs> night game that, of course, you know, Seattle beat Green Bay. And I just if they don't fire Mike McCarthy at the end of this year, that <laughs> franchise is a loss. And the Packers are a model franchise in a lot of ways. How he's been at 13 years, won a Super Bowl. He's got a street named after him up in Green Bay, right? Like, God bless him. It's over. It is so unbelievably over. He can't manage the clock. They run the same BS plays over and over. I mean, you could be the most novice of fans and know what the Packers are going to do every time they need a play. Slant flat, slant flat, slant flat. Every, if you play Madden, you know exactly what the play I'm talking about. It is just yep. the same thing. They have no creativity. And then in that game, you're down a field goal. Seattle's rushed for something like 160 yards to, the, to that point. Four minutes ago in the fourth quarter. You're down three. 
and it's fourth and two, and he punched the ball away with one timeout and four minutes to go. I don't care that you're on your own 35-yard line. You have Aaron Rodgers. Here's, here's the play call here. Aaron, go do something. Go do whatever you want, man. Go to the line, call the play. Like He should be running that offense away. Manning ran his offense in Indy. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever the hell you want to do is fine. I'm, You know, Sam Weiss, former Bengals and Bucks coach, yep. had a great line. He used to be the quarterback's coach at the 49ers when Montana was there in the early stages. And he had a great line about how he became a really good quarterback's coach. He said, well, when you have Joe Montana, you take two big steps back, you fold your arms, and that's how you become a real good coach. <laughs> like, Mike McCarthy, just, dude, take two steps back. It's fine. You have Aaron Rodgers, and so like, it's just. But again, this feeds into what we talk about every week, right? Like Houston needed a fourth quarter comeback today against Colt McCoy, mm-hmm. and barely got and, it. And, too. And, and, and by the way, Dustin Hopkins from sixty-three, like a little bit more on that bad boy, and it's a whole other story, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the Panthers, just to circle back to make this full circle, like twenty. First of all, never should be in the position to begin with. It's 20 to 19. You're playing a team that you are far superior to. And then, by the way, you have Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. Like, wouldn't you think if you're going to run a two point conversion, like a read option, maybe something like No, no. <laughs> Let's throw the ball with Newton. And that's incomplete. And then the Chargers, to the point you alluded to earlier, we're watching the game. And for anyone who didn't see the game, the Chargers are 22 to 20 with about 235 to go in the fourth quarter. Denver's now out of timeouts. It's like a second and four. They, the Chargers snap the ball. It's going to be a handoff. They bust the play. It's a, it's a busted play from the start. Rivers loses three. So you go to the two-minute warning, and it's a third and seven, okay, at Denver's 44-yard line. And all they have to do is just run the ball. Run the ball. It doesn't matter if he gets a foot. Like or take thing. a sack, like too. Whatever. Anything. Yeah. Just keep the clock going. And they throw the, some wide receiver screens, some curl screens to, to Keenan Allen, and Rivers just throws the ball right to the ground. So, of course, the clock stops. If he had just fallen over, by the time that they punt the ball away, Denver, I mean, there's about a minute, maybe a minute five. Well, guess what? Denver ends up kicking the game-winning field goal with four seconds left. I, it's just, this is why, like, the Rams have McVay. Mm-hmm. The Saints have Peyton. The Pats have Belichick. The Chiefs have Reed. I'm not a huge Tomlin guy, but like Tomlin's won consistently throughout his career. He's a good head coach. Like the Steelers have Tomlin. That's why ultimately like, I believe in those teams in January. Also, by the way, not coincidentally, those teams have great quarterbacks. Yep. Like those combinations are going to win in January. Anthony Lynn scares the bejesus out of me. I although hell, I I am here, like incredibly here. <laughs> For Anthony Lynn, Bill O'Brien in the wild card oh, round. Let's make it happen. Oh, my God, like, no. That is going to be like, you think you're going to screw up the clock more? The hell you are. Like, I'm going to screw up the clock more. That's going to be a battle of wits for all of time. So, <laughs> like, I just, again, that's what I learned this week more than anything. was just, you can have a lot of talent. You can have a good quarterback. But if you can't coach in the NFL, if you can't marry the coach and the quarterback, you're screwed. And we saw that from three teams – one on Thursday, two on Sunday, that probably should have won their games, mm-hmm. but didn't. And now Green Bay might be done. The Panthers have no shot in their division, and the Chargers have no shot in theirs. Yeah, it's 
It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. So I think the other thing I wanted to quickly get your thoughts on, and we will get to all the games as we always do. We'll, we'll pick all the Week 12 lines. There's 15 games. The Chiefs and the Rams, the only teams on the bye. Of course, they play Monday night. Um, we'll get to all those games. But i got to tell you, i got to be up front. That slate of games, it's garbage. It's not great. I w- my suggestion to anyone listening, I would load up on the tryptophan <laughs> enough that it takes you to Monday. Yep. Maybe even to Tuesday. Definitely to Tuesday because you don't want to watch. That Monday taxes. night game, that, that's no way to live. Nope. So I think I, I, I would suggest, like, if somebody says, oh, we have some leftover turkey, would you like it? You want it all. You want it all. You go into a food coma. Also a suggestion, get the maternity stretchy pants. You could just go into an actual coma, too. Like, there's no food. I mean, you, you could. But These games are very avoidable. Avoid these games. So we will get to them. But the other thing I want to talk about quickly, uh, because I feel like now... Progressive presents Forced Metaphors. About bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the -the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, and also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Look, we're getting to week 12. Look, we're really starting to get down to the nitty-gritty. And... The NFC playoff picture, I feel like, still jumbled a little bit, but not quite as interesting right now as the AFC playoff picture because at the bottom of the AFC, five teams are tied for the number six seed, all at five and five. Yep. The Ravens, the Bengals, of course the Ravens beat the Bengals today, Lamar Jackson, his first start. The Titans, the Colts, and who am I met? The Dolphins. The Dolphins. So all five of those teams... At 5-5, five and five. and as of right now, not that it really matters, but the Ravens hold the tiebreaker somehow over all those teams. So, Hill, your thoughts, A, on just the craziness at the bottom of the ace wild card picture. B, do any of these teams pose a threat to whoever they can play in the first round? And C, who do you like the most out of those five teams? Well, right now they would be playing New England in the first round, which is a death sentence. And if somehow the Steelers don't get the first round by... Assuming that uh, this is all under the assumption that Kansas City wins the one seed, so I'm knocking on wood. I don't want to jinx that, but it's uh, the these teams are either going to go to Pittsburgh or to Foxborough, and that's not what you're looking for. Although I we were talking about crazy scenarios with Anthony Lynn and Bill O'Brien, I am very here for Brocktober going into Foxborough and ending things. That'd be lovely. Uh, just Tom Brady's inability to beat either Peyton Manning or Peyton Manning's disciples from like disciple like two times removed because like it, it's Brocktober, but. No, I'm out on the Bengals. They're not going to make the playoffs, and if they do, this is this is the year where they epitomize the we're a one-and-done team because they're going to get in, they're going to go to New England or Pittsburgh, and they're going to get waxed because that team's not good. Uh, the Dolphins, I feel the same way. Brocktober aside, they're just not that great. Tennessee, too. They're so up and down, and this has been the case with them for the past couple of years. They have a couple of good games. You're like, oh, yeah, they're good. And the Mariota folks get on your case. And then he has a game, and they have a game like they did today in Indianapolis, and it's just like, I'm out. Which brings me to Indianapolis, which is next to Baltimore, the most interesting team that could make the playoffs in that sixth seed. They're such, they, they, they are a wild card. I don't know what I'm going to get. They go to Pittsburgh. They go to New England. It's Frank Reich up against Tomlin or Belichick. You're like, oh, God, I know exactly who I'm picking. But you just don't know because Andrew, the Andrew Luck factor – 
that that's in there. And then they do have a pretty decent pass rush. They do have a pretty decent defense. And really, you just need to win one game at a time. It, it sounds super, you know, reductive, but you need to win one game at a time in the playoffs. I'm not saying Indianapolis is going to the Super Bowl, but they're a monkey wrench that gets thrown into the works, and they could maybe bump off in New England. They could bump off of Pittsburgh. So Baltimore and, and Indianapolis are the two teams I'm most intrigued to see win that sixth seed. If any of the other teams do, it's I mean that that's going to be your. Unfortunately, it's going to be against New England or Pittsburgh, so it can't be this. But it would be that game that you put on at like 11 o'clock on Saturday that nobody watches. That's that game. Because those teams just aren't good, unless it's Baltimore or Indy. Those teams are known as cannon fodder. <laughs> um, yeah, listen, I'm with you 100% on this. Uh, and I, I'll take it a step further, or at least I'll try to. Um, I don't think the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs because the Dolphins have a tough schedule. They still have to go out Minnesota. They still play New England. Um, and by the way, they play the Colts this week. So we'll get into that yeah. a little bit. That's in Indianapolis. Uh, we'll see the Dolphins coming off the bye. Is Sandhill back? Is he not? Who knows? We'll find out as the week goes on. Look, I think of all the teams, like if you told me uh, I'm the head coach in the three seed, who do you not want to face? I don't want to face Indy. Mm-hmm. And not because I think Indy's great, but the line is finally good, and the luck is playing very, very well. And guess what? Out of those five teams, only one of those teams has a big-time quarterback, mm-hmm. and it's him. And in the NFL – I don't want – like, if I am rooting for a team, I do not want to see my team go against an opponent that has a really good head coach and a really good quarterback. I think I think Frank Reich is, is on his way to becoming a very good head coach, and I know Luck's a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, that duo scares the hell out of me far more than Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis does, okay? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't scare anybody. Now, well, well, it's, With it's, the side of Hugh Jackson now. So. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, and by the way, what the hell? Like, they bring back Hugh Jackson – to be the assistant coach, but not not just a defensive coach. He's been an offensive coordinator his entire life in the NFL, and now all of a sudden he's a defensive coach for Cincinnati. That team is such a crap show. <laughs> we can like, listen. You know, if you listen to this podcast and you've been a, a fan of it for a while, hopefully you have, and thank you if you have. You know that, or if you read any of my work on fan side, you know that as the year goes on, I become more and more just despondent with teams. I, I I'm just so sick of watching bad football. I'm so sick of watching bad coaching, and the Bengals are just the epitome of it every single week. You look at the Bengals roster. Now, granted, I know they didn't have A.J. Green on Sunday, but like when they're healthy, you look at their roster, and you're like, they're pretty good. And then you watch them, and you just want to vomit all over yourself. It is just absolute gross incompetence all the time. Here's a stat line from today's game against Baltimore. Okay, Baltimore, who, by the way, couldn't win a game for a month. Andy Dalton, 19 of 36, 211 yards. The leading rusher in the game for the Bengals, Andy Dalton, 29 yards. Because Joe Mixon had 12 carries for 14 yards in the game. It's just, it's mind-numbing. Oh, and then even better, okay, this this is an all-time, this will be a great trivia question down the road. Lamar Jackson's first start. He wins the game against Cincinnati. He went 13 to 19 for a buck 50 and a pick. Okay, he was nothing special throwing the football. In fact, he was bad throwing the ball. He led them with 27 carries for 117 yards. But here's the best part of this. Okay, the Bay- the Ravens had a second 100 yard rusher in the game. I would bet that nobody can pick Gus Edwards out of a lineup. But guess what? Good old Gus, 17 carries. For a buck fifteen and a touchdown, 
How in God's name do you give up 17 carries, a buck 15, to a six foot one, 238 pound running back out of Rutgers? Look, nothing against Gus Edwards. God bless the guy. But what? I mean, it just is mind blowing. Like the Bengals just find ways to lose games. So to wrap up, I just I agree with you. Look, I think the Ravens and, and the and the Colts would be the two teams, especially if Baltimore got Pittsburgh. Yep. Because those games are always brawls. Mm-hmm. They're always tough games. They're always hard nosed games. Those that would be now. If they went to New England. I don't think they'd have any shot. No. They, they played Pittsburgh <laughs> just because of that rivalry. They're always I, weird games. They are. They're very weird games. I would be, and ironically, I think Indianapolis would have a t- very tough time in Pittsburgh. So I don't think they'd stop them. Mm. But in New England, it's different. Like I, I wouldn't be totally shocked. So uh, I'll leave it at that. Cause I know I went on there a little bit, but I, I just hell, I can't take the bad coach. <laughs> I can't. I just can't, it drives me insane watching some of these teams. I mean, look, anyone who knows just knows I'm a Chief fan, right? Like I watched the Chargers Broncos game with a lot of interest for obvious reasons. And even though like it behooves the Chiefs that the Chargers lose, like, I take pride in being an ass. I take pride in being as unbiased as it possibly can be. And I was actually annoyed watching Anthony Lynn and the Chargers. I was like, what are you doing? This is so dumb. And, of course, they ended up losing. So, uh, any other thoughts on uh, Week 11? Anything you want to bring to the forefront? No, I was bracing myself for talking about some of these awful games that we you have know, to get to. I'll, I'm going to bring one final thing to the table. How do you feel about James getting back in? Oh, God. He's going to get the starting job back, too. Dirk Carter just didn't want to say it right after the game. This is what I don't understand about Jameis Winston. Everybody is uh, – there's a lot of Bucks fans who are standing for him, and I don't understand why. Like, we were talking about it. I think it was uh, Ross Tucker tweeted about it. If you bench your quarterback three or four different times in a season, you probably don't have a good team. They don't have a good team. The Buccaneers stink. But the, the most defeatist aspect of this all is there's no future. There's no immediate future, at least, because you fire Dirk Cutter, who are you going to get to replace him? You're better off bringing this all back next year and giving it one more go and then just launching this thing into the sun in 2020 and drafting Tua or somebody like that, getting a new head coach. This is The worst part about this is I'm in for another year of this. I'm not looking forward to this. Like Jameis Winston fumbled the ball and it turned into a touchdown. That is the epitome of a broken clock is right twice a day. He fumbled enough times that he finally fumbled a right way, which I didn't know was possible. So... Thanks, Jameis. Thanks for giving us that. But yeah. no, I'm, not, I'm not even going to touch it. I just, I just feel bad for you. It just continues to happen. Uh, it's, uh, it's been, it's been rough for you. It's been rough. I, I watched you die like a thousand deaths over there watching oh, yeah. play the Giants for three consecutive seasons. Yeah. So, all right. Speaking of dying a thousand deaths, here we go on Thanksgiving. Okay, we got a trifecta of. Uh, Three all NFC games. Usually you yep. get like an AFC team or two mixed in there, but not this year. It's going to be straight up all divisional matchups. Okay, and I'll, I'll read them all first, and we'll go back through the lines and all that. But first game of the day, 12.30 Eastern, Bears at Lions. The Thursday afternoon game at 4.30 Eastern, Redskins at Cowboys. That was going to be a lot more fun until Colt McCoy got involved. Mm-hmm. I might even write an article just for fun. Like, what's going to put you to sleep faster? Overstuffing yourself on Turkey or Colt McCoy? And then the there's a night game, which will be at 820. It will be the Falcons at the Saints. That game would have been a lot more fun for Atlanta. Lost everybody injured. So, let's start off. Bears at Lions. Of course, the Bears game still going on against Minnesota. Uh, it appears the Bears are going to win. They're 14-0 late in the third quarter. Bears are favored by three 
at Detroit, Detroit four and six. I guess technically still alive for the playoffs, but like not probably feeling that. So, uh, your thoughts, Bears, Lions, where are you headed on the early Thanksgiving Day game? The Lions Thanksgiving Day games, you always trick yourself into thinking that they're going to win. Because like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. Lions always play. This is the one good game a year they can play. And then they never, ever do. And this has all the textbook makings of that. You've got Matt Patricia. You're like, oh, new head coach. It's Belichick's guy. You know, you're going up against a division rival. He's going to want to get this win. He's not going to get this win. They're, they're, they stink. I'm, I'm shocked that the Panthers lost to them. They should have won. They, and, and not just because they're the better team. Like, they just should have won. Like, going for it. Ron Rivera going for two. One of the dumbest things I've seen all year. I'm more interested in the Bears at this point. Because it looks like they're going to beat the Vikings. And even if they don't, they've played them extremely well. Much better than we thought that they were going to coming into this game. And we're looking at a very real scenario here. If the, if the, Lions, or if the Bears win this game against the Vikings and then they beat the Lions, back-to-back divisional wins are stringing together nice victories. I compared, incorrectly, Patrick Mahomes to Dak Prescott earlier in the year because I didn't want to be a prisoner of the moment. He was hot. Thought maybe it was going to fall. If it's not, Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. This Bears team is the team that is more comparable to the 2015-2016. The first, the first 20, Dak, 2016. 2016, the first Dak Prescott Cowboys team. It is almost identical. You've got a quarterback who is good but not great and is staying out of his own way, and you have a defense that is absolutely exceptional and is going to carry this team into the playoffs, and they're going to lose a game that they probably shouldn't lose. This is all going to come crashing down in the divisional round. Right now they'd be playing the Panthers in the, in the wild card. If, that, if things were to end right now and the playoffs were to start, they would be hosting Carolina, a game that I think they would win, but they're not necessarily guaranteed to win. That's how this season ends, just like that Cowboys season where you had a Almost the same thing. Quarterback stayed out of his own way to good defense. Give me the Bears in this game, but I need to start seeing things that I didn't see out of that Cowboys team to make me think differently. The Bears are still a couple of years away from being real, true contenders that stand in a league of their own like the Saints and the Rams do right now or how we thought the Vikings did until they're really exposing their true colors. I need to see more out of the Bears to really convince me. But give them, me, or give them to me in this game because the Lions are just... Ugh. Give, give me the Bears because the Lions are coached by Matt Patricia, who's far more concerned about slamming the media every time he has yeah, a press. Yeah, what the hell is that all about? Dude, just Jeez. stop, man. Like, oh, you know, all these head coaches in the room. Hey, hey Matt, why don't you just win a game? Okay? Like, and listen, you did that on Sunday. Good for you. Congratulations. Like, solid win on your part. But just enough. You're the head coach. You're above that. Like, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Who cares? I'm taking the Bears in this game. I will say, by the way, I have to point out, right as you said Trubisky was good, he threw some mind-numbing pick to a safety. So <laughs> he heard you and was ready to tamp down expectations. Then he sinks out. Um, I, I think the Bears' comparison to that Dak Prescott Cowboys team was interesting. I, look, that Cowboys team to me is better because they went 13-3. and three. They, were like, mm-hmm. they were the one seed that year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the way they were built, like, I, I guess I feel the same way from the standpoint that that Cowboys team, I always felt like, Things had to be a certain way for that team to win. Mm-hmm. They had to run the ball very well. He couldn't throw a pick. You know, like it, it always felt like I remember that year, a big thing with them was like they had to have a ton of time of possession because that defense just wasn't that good. Now, the Bears' defense is obviously very good. But I feel the same way with the Bears from this standpoint. They have to have the game go a certain way. If they fall behind, I don't believe in them. I know they're a top five offense. I get all that, but they've played a lot of bad teams. 
I don't believe, like, if Trubisky and Breeze hook up in a playoff game, even Goff, yeah. I don't believe that the Bears are going to be able to go shot for shot. Like, nope. if it's 17-7 and the Bears are down, I, I think they're in a lot of trouble. Where, if it's the other way, I feel like, okay, well, the Rams are down 17-7, they'll, they'll just score a bunch and get back into the game. So, I, that all said, I'm impressed by the Bears. I really, I thought this game would be a referendum on them, and it's not over yet. We, did, I remember the week one we did a podcast, and the Bears were 20 to nothing. We're like, wow, what the hell is wrong with the Packers? By the end of the podcast, it, yeah, it was just, it was, it, it was like killing me softly there. <laughs> so, um, like, I, I will take the Bears though. Moving on, to we just talked about the Cowboys. They host the Redskins in the middle game of the three game set on Thanksgiving. Cowboys leaving at seven and a half on the table. Uh, I'll be brief for this. I just I'm taking the Cowboys. I, they're home, uh, and I just have no belief in Colt McCoy, like zero. I don't know how you could. I also wonder too how much of an emotional red just it, a battering that is for the Redskins. Yeah, that's such a shot. I don't. They're going to say all the right things during the week, but you've got to know deep down like, you're screwed. You're screwed. I, I don't see any way that they win that division with him. And I think the Cowboys on the flip side, two huge road wins in a row. Mm-hmm. They're going to come in feeling very good. I think this is a very tough spot for Washington. I think Dallas wins. I think Dallas covers. By the way, I think the Bears cover as well. But I think the Cowboys will cover the spread. Uh, I just think it's a game where they t- – and the Redskins, too, even beyond Smith, have a lot of injuries. Give me Dallas to win the game at the pull into a first-place tie. Yeah, let's take a moment to really kind of appreciate what the Cowboys have done here. Like two weeks ago, we were – counting them out and it was like my god you just got beat by Marcus Mariota like what the hell is going on Jason Garrett needs to get fired how many different ways can we get Lincoln Riley to Dallas how many different ways does that make sense and now they're gonna win the division but to your point you started off the show you're saying eight and eight could get it done that is the most Jason Garrett way to not lose your job just enough to get into the playoffs but it's just crappy enough where you don't really feel good about it that is Jason Garrett to a T and it's gonna happen so Give me Dallas in this game. If they somehow find a way to lose it, I wouldn't be surprised because it is Jason Garrett. But g- give me Dallas because they're gonna if they're gonna really kind of establish themselves as okay, we're a serious contender in the in the NFC East. The Giants are trash. The Eagles look like they're out of it after the Saints put them out of their misery and dragged them behind the woodshed today. And the Redskins, they don't have Alex Smith. And say what you will about Alex Smith not being able to throw two hundred yards. He's a he's a leader. He's a good leader in that locker room. And when you lead, and when you lose that guy, and you replace him with Colt McCoy, that's just salt. That's salt in the wound. And then after the game, Colt McCoy addressed the team. He's like, "Don't worry, guys. You're in good hands with me. You are already. You you said it. First of all, already you're lying. First of all, you've only been quarterback for an hour. And secondly, you're already reassuring guys that things are going to be okay. No, that, that don't say that. You just we got to keep going. We're going to win. Don't say, oh, it's going to be okay. Don't worry, guys. I'm out. G- give me the Cowboys. Wow. Um, yeah. Well, let me, let me just say this, okay? If I'm on a boat <laughs> and the boat is sinking, or I believe it might be sinking, when the captain comes on and says, don't worry, guys, it's going to be okay, <laughs> I am now in total panic mode. If someone has to tell you that things are going to be okay, they might not be okay. Start making peace with your God. Yeah, it's, like, it's not like, going well. Get the chaplain, all right? Because <laughs> like that, that's not good. I wonder right after that, I grew to call for a team prayer. <laughs> get the chaplain. Deliver oh, us from evil. God. Uh, so yeah, it is what it is. Like, I just, I, 
I hate to say it for the Redskins because I actually thought they were a fun story this year, but I think they're done. Yeah. Um, I'm Fal- also I'm also never getting on a boat with somebody named Colt, so there's that. Not even talk to somebody <laughs> named Colt. <laughs> All right, Falcons at Saints. The Saints are 13 point favorites in the game. Didn't Jack come in at the beginning of the year? Uh, obviously rolling along at this point. I mean, it, the Saints right now. You certainly could say they're the best team in football. If they're not, they are. You know, 1A, 1B, 1C with the Chiefs and the Rams. Uh, the Saints just plowed the Eagles. I expected the Saints to win the game. Wasn't surprised by that. Uh, I think most people want the Saints to win. But that was a blitzing and a half. So, with the Saints, I don't know that I think they'll cover. That's a huge line. The Falcons can score some points. Um, and it's a big rivalry. It's a huge rivalry. So, I don't think they'll cover. I do think they'll win. The Saints right now. They might be the scariest team playing in the NFL. They, they leave something to be the desired defensively. But Mike, a forty-eight to seven. That I, I get it. The Eagles are not playing well. Went through three picks. They can't run the ball. I understand all that. But Breeze, three hundred sixty-three yards passing on twelve point one yards in attempt. Four touchdowns. No sacks. Ingram has one hundred three yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Kamara has seventy-one yards on the ground. Traquan Smith has hundred and fifty-seven yards and a touchdown. I mean. It, they just beat up on folks. They are so good. They had three more sacks. I think right now Saints are the best team in football. I really do. Um, and I, I think they, I think they handle Atlanta in the Superdome. Yeah, give me the Saints in this one. Atlanta doesn't stand a chance in hell. Uh, they scored 19 points at home against the Cowboys, which I know we just kind of waxed poetic a little bit about the Cowboys, but it was If you were paying attention, we're not big on the Cowboys. And the fact that you only scored 19 points at home where you're supposed to be good, that's, that's not cutting it for me. Right now, the, the Saints, I believe it was the sixth time that they scored 30 or more points this year, which is, I believe, tied for the most all-time. It's a historically good offense. And I know Patrick Mahomes is going to win the MVP. You might not, man. Breeze is that's, right there. That's what I was going to say. Breeze, he's never won it before. And if there was a year to kind of give him his – the Oscars like to do this. Like did this with Scorsese, and they've done this a couple of times. A director who's or an actor who did this with Leo DiCaprio a couple of years ago, who's so far into their career, and they're it's it's their oops, we screwed up. We should have given you a best director, best actor years and years and years ago. Here it is now. I think that all of the signs are starting to point towards Drew Brees getting that oops, we should have given you an MVP in two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine. We didn't. Here it is now, and he's he's putting up a historic year. And this is another conversation we're going to start to have. And I've heard other people bring it up, and it's going to gain more steam as this goes on. If Drew Brees wins another Super Bowl before the end of his career, that instantly changes the narrative of his career in in retrospect of where it stands with Brady, where it stands with Manning, where it stands with Rodgers, and all these other guys. Because he is vastly underrated which is incredible when you think about how often he throws for 5,000 yards and how effortlessly he breaks these passing records. It was so unceremonious when he broke two records in one Monday night football game. He is just so good. He's going to be a guy we look back in 10, 15 years and say, man, I really wish I would have appreciated him more because we have been spoiled with Manning, with Brady, and now with this next crop, with Goff, with Mahomes, with Wentz and these guys. Breeze is kind of the forgotten hero in this era. And this is the year where I think we really need to kind of laser focus on it and say, hey, not only is everything he's doing incredible, he's doing it, he's almost 40. 
<laughs> he's so old. Yeah. This is incredible. Give me this. All the longer the short of it is, give me the Saints in this one, and give me the Saints again, like last year we were talking about. Give give the Saints to me in a big way to go to the Super Bowl this year because this team is absolutely bananas incredible. I think they will too. Um, look, the Saints right now. Uh, you mentioned it once you tested the sixth game that they've had at least 40 points. 40, that's what it was, yeah. yeah. Six, six times, and by the way, they've done it the last three weeks in a row. 45, 51, 48. They are, and by the way, uh, two of those games against, well, one of them was a Rams. Another one was at Cincinnati. It might be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. The other one was against the defending champions. They are just smoking teams. Look, I, I don't know what else to say. It's when Saints are a great team. The defense scares me. But you know what? The Rams defense scares me, and the Chiefs defense scares me, and the Steelers defense, and the Pats defense. So you go all down the line. The Saints are phenomenal, and I love watching them. And you're right about Breeze. Look, everybody always talks about, well, you know, Rodgers, he's, he's that greatest quarterback. I like Aaron Rodgers a lot. Aaron Rodgers has not had the career that Breeze has had. I have a lot of Packers fans which scream at me on Twitter nonstop about that. I'm sorry. Uh, Drew Breeze is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers is. Yep. Point blank. He just is. I mean, he has not been surrounded a lot of his career by near the talent that Rodgers has been surrounded by, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't matter, okay? And anybody goes, oh, he plays in a dome, he plays in a dome. That's fine. I don't care. Like, Rodgers, you know what? How many games does he really play every year in freezing cold weather in Orlando? Two? I mean, they play on the road, too, guys, and the Lions and the Vikings are in domes. So it's not that big of a deal that he plays outdoors. And you know what? Breeze year after year after year after year is great. You never hear him complain. He's team guy. And look, it speaks for itself, man. I mean, the guy, they both have one Super Bowl, but Breeze across the board statistically, I mean, a few more picks, but I'll live with it. He's had an unbelievable career. By the way, just to put a bow on this with Breeze, okay, he's 39 years old, as you mentioned. He signed through next year. Uh, he now has 25 touchdown passes in one pick this season. Jeez. Okay? He's all right. He's averaging almost nine yards in attempt. And if you go back and look at his career, by the way, nice job that Chargers letting him go. Um, (laughs) I I know they had Rivers, but jeez. If you look at his career, 73,000 passing yards, 513 touchdowns. Okay? And you look, there have been nine 5,000-yard passing seasons in NFL history. Breeze has five of them, and it's just a tour de force starting in about 08, 34 touchdowns, 34 touchdowns, 33, 46, 43, 39, 33, 32, 37, 23 last year. Oh, he's slipping a little bit, 25 in 10 games this year, and he has one pick. I'd say he's been all right. His QBR, which is a sliding scale from 1 to 100, the average being 50, obviously, his QBR is 89. Like most guys, you have 60. You're having a really good 89. I, I can't express how great he's been. And by the way, how durable he has been. Since he's been on the Saints, he's missed two games. Mm. Not bad. Okay? Two games. Drew Brees, you're right on. Incredibly underrated. So, let's move on to some games that couldn't possibly be underrated because they just they can't be worse than they are. Uh how do you feel about little Jags Bills coming into your life? Uh, at the Doug Marone Bowl. At, this is this is it. At Buffalo. Oh my dear God. Three and seven and three and seven. And by the way, we didn't get into this because there's been so much bad coaching around the league this week. Doug Marone this week. Nice uh, nice job. 
16 to 6 with five minutes to go and found a way to lose that game in regulation. That's almost impossible. But the Jaguars, I wouldn't even get into it, it's just not worth talking about. Both teams are 3 and 7. Jags are favored by three on the road. Uh, thoughts? Oh, God. That um, sums it up. Give me, give me the Jaguars, just because I don't. It's going to be next to impossible that my, Matt Barkley can string together back to back good games as a professional quarterback. Uh, and Jacksonville is just—it's too hot to hold. It's going to splinter and it's going to just knock things down around it. They're going to accidentally win a couple of games. This this is one of those games where Blake Bortles is going to be competent. And we're going to go, hey, all right, maybe he's getting back into it. This is just going to be bad. This game, honestly, I don't think – I don't know what the over and under could be, but I don't think that there's going to be a touchdown. Ten? I don't think there's a touchdown scored. Is the over under ten? Unless Leonard Fournette scores it, there's not going to be a touchdown score. Run the ball. That's all you have to do. Give me Jacksonville, but holy I'll, crap, do I feel bad about it. I'll be incredibly short. Jacksonville, I don't think the Bills score six points. I Oh, and, and I will also just say this. If Jacksonville's defense, if they lose this game, uh, might be all over. I, I really like they actually will trade Jalen Ramsey all over. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, I, well, to that point, we were talking about it. Marcus Peters and him were kind of in similar spots when the Chiefs traded Marcus Peters. And yep. it was also... Contractually, the exact same. It was inexplicable that the Chiefs would trade their top cornerback. And they did. Jalen Ramsey... Kind of the same thing. So, and also, I'll, I'll finish on this point. As week to week, we talk about teams that could fire their head coaches, and you've got the usual suspects on there. You've got the Jets, the Bucks, the Broncos, the Broncos. This is the first week I put the Jaguars on that list. Doug Marone, that coaching job that he did. I'm not saying it's going to happen. And Coughlin, you don't know what he's thinking, but the, the coaching mistakes that he's been making, my. Good God Almighty. Either he fires or he quits, because it wouldn't be the first time he quit on somebody. So The Bills say hello. <laughs> the Bills. I just I, I hear you. I don't think they'll fire him because they went to the HL game, but my bigger thing is, like, what the hell are they doing retaining portals? Mm. And this isn't revisionist history. You and I talked about this. We, we're on every week, even in the offseason. Like, we talked about this a lot. Why? Like, just why? He wasn't even that good in the playoffs. It just makes no sense. And now they're stuck with this clown through next year. And in the NFL, boy, you got a small window. Unless you have a transcendent quarterback, then your window's pretty big. But if you don't, if you're the other three quarters of the NFL, or even more than that, right? Like your window is one or two years, and they blew it. That window yeah. was last year. It was maybe this year if they got a really good quarterback, and they didn't bother to do that. So, uh, speaking of teams here with, with no window this year, Browns Bengals. Good uh, Lord. Yeah, that's why you settle in fat. And I love how the Bengals are my favorite by three in this game. Vegas says these two teams are even. They might be. Uh, Hugh Jackson looking to get his revenge. As the Hugh now Jackson Bowl. <laughs> somehow a defensive assistant. Look, you know, again, I'm going to be pretty brief here with a lot of these games. These games just are not that good. I think we're all looking at bigger picture stuff here this week on the podcast. But I'll take Cincinnati. They have to win. They have to win. They're at home. They're the better team. I know Cleveland's improving, and I respect them quite a bit for that. But I, I just think the Bengals, they, they have to win. I mean, if they're 5-5... Five and five, They've been on a, on a bad stretch lately. They, they were 4-1 and one at one point. And so as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, bro. 
Rockshack for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this Fender Bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. And, uh, they go to Kansas City and get blown out uh, after losing to Pittsburgh. And things have unraveled since. I will take the Bengals, but I do think it'll be a close game. Give me the Browns. Ooh. I hate the Bengals oh, right that's, now. That's all, that's all she wrote for them. I hate them so much. The, the, that defense stinks something fierce. Like firing Terrell Austin, that definitely fixed things this week. Oh, wait. No, it didn't. Because Lamar Jackson rushed 27 times. Like, come on. Yeah. Baker Mayfield. I have to interject real quick. Right. I'm sorry. The Bengals in that game, too. Like, you, you can obviously see Lamar Jackson cannot throw the football. <laughs> right. And they're just playing man the entire game. Like, you know, you always know that if you are facing a quarterback that can run, you are far better off playing zone because you're always facing the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals are just running like a cover two man under where guys are just peeling off like it's a punt return. And they just never change. They never change the same thing that you can get back to play. But that is like the Bengals to the hilt explained in one scheme. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm out on them. Like, I'm not saying Baker Mayfield and the Browns are any good. I think they're better than the Bengals. And I think you want to talk about Hugh Jackson's revenge game. This is the Browns FU double middle finger to Hugh Jackson game, especially Greg Williams. Like, he is just, this is the perfect scenario. Because usually when you get an interim head coach, it's an awkward situation because the guy's maybe kind of coaching for his job. He's the, he's the guy who's still dating the girl, doesn't realize relationship's over. He's like, oh, yeah, maybe I, if I'm really nice and this is a good date, I can get in. No, you can't. Greg Williams knows he's going to get a job somewhere else next year. The Browns know that they're going to hire another head coach. This is like the cool uncle is coaching the team the rest of the year. And I'm, I'm into it. And that's the, t- that's the type of coach and that's the type of team that goes in and beats a mundane, mediocre, vanilla Bengals team that's always the same damn thing. And now they've got Hugh Jackson. Just give me, give me, give me Cleveland in this one. Because, good Lord, the Bengals are bad. Uh, Pats at Jets. Jesus, God. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> That's right. You, I the Bill you. Belichick Bowl. See, there's a theme here. Bill <laughs> Belichick, the former coach. So I, I told you to get the turkey. Good. Uh, Pats are favored by seven and a half on the road. Jets and Pats both coming off the bye weeks. Uh, the Pats coming off a humiliating 34 to 10 loss to Tennessee. I'm sure Jets fans feeling good about that. The Jets coming off their own ridiculous loss, 41 to 10 at the hands of the Bills. Uh, the Bills had scored 33 points in their, fir- in their four previous games combined. Hung 41 on the Jets with Matt Barkley at the helm. Uh, I'm going to be succinct. Pat, cover. Uh, I, I think that's really all that needs to be said. Uh, give me the Patriots. That's, that's it. That's okay, it. Okay, we Next move game. right on. <laughs> Staying in New York, Giants at the Eagles. Eagles are minus six. Uh, the Eagles are done yep. with a capital D. However, the Giants also done, all capital letters. Um, I will take the Eagles in this game, and I will take them to cover, because I think the Giants stink. Uh the Eagles will also stink, but the Giants stink. Well, I, 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 that's probably the worst analysis I've ever given for a game. I just, I'm not, I, I, They're terrible. Look, the, here's my real analysis. The Eagles are banged up like crazy. They have no secondary. Like, they are literally playing guys off the street at this point in secondary. The, but the Giants can take advantage of it because Manning throws the ball three yards every time he drops back. So I just don't think it's a great matchup. The Eagles can still win in the trenches. Uh, you look at it when the Eagles have the ball – the Giants' defense stinks. The Bucks are out there moving the ball well on them. The Bucks are very good. Over offense, 500 yards again. Yeah. Um, I just 
I think the Eagles still feel like it's four and six. Maybe they can do two games out of the race. They still play the Redskins twice. So give me Philly. I think Philly finds a way to win, but I think it's an ugly, ugly game. If I'm the Eagles, I'm looking at one thing. Well, first of all, I'm looking at the Giants because they stink. And the only thing that could be positive for New York is if Saquon Barkley can keep going. Because this is three consecutive – it would be three consecutive. We're on two right now with the Saints game. Three consecutive games where this vaunted – Eagles uh, rushing defense is just punctured. Like Zeke punched right through it and he wasn't supposed to. And then it was this week. All right, they're going to figure things out. And there's no way Ingram and Kamara do it. And they went bananas. And now Saquon is coming off of a three touchdown game. It is the definition of boomer bust. He could have a good game. But if I'm Philadelphia, if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm looking at the Lions, the Falcons, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, and the Panthers. Because those are the teams that stand between Philly and that sixth seed. Right now, Carolina has it, and all those other teams are above Philly in some in some way. But the Lions don't scare me. The Falcons are crap. The Packers, we'll get to them, but oh my God, no, in no way do I have faith in them. The Cowboys, yeah, that, that's a little bit tougher. And the Seahawks are a little bit tougher too. This is still, I mean, they can still get into the playoffs. This is a good team. They need to win this game if they want that to be any sort of a hope. And you have to beat the Giants. Give me Philly in this one. And if they lose, that is the end of their season. Like, they're done. They're, they just can't do anything with that. That would officially be the end. Uh, I don't think they're getting it anyway, but yes, that would be it. Uh, I always uh, give you the floor here. Uh, Niners at Bucks. Bucks favored by a field goal. Give me the Bucks <laughs> Because I just, I can't. This is like... I, I just can't pick against them. This is they are my addiction, and I just it's to the point of the addiction where I don't even like doing the drug anymore. I just there, there need might it to be function. an intervention here. So I need it to function. I just don't like doing it. I just have to do it. Um, giving giving things back to Jameis Winston at least makes things interesting down the stretch, and it, this goes to a point that I have. I think that they were benching him because they didn't want him to get hurt, so that they could cut him at the end of the year because his twenty million dollars or so next year is only guaranteed on injury. So if he gets hurt, they have to pay him, which is why you wouldn't want him playing in professional football games in scenarios in which he could actively become injured. They played him. This lends to the theory then that they're like, whatever, there's not really a whole lot out there that can help us alter the future next year. We're going to bring Carter back for one more year or get crazy and fire him and promote Monken, and we're going to bring Winston back for his final year and then blow everything up in 2020. Light's gone. Cotter's gone. Winston's gone. Bring in a whole new coaching staff. There's going to be another crop. We're going to have another year of coordinators that get to work their way up. 2020 is going to be the year for the Bucks to blow this thing up. It's not going to be next year. And Jameis coming back in this game it signifies kind of a throwing up of the hands to me. We're like, whatever. Let's just let's ride this on and see what we can do. San Francisco, if, if Nate Mullins, Nick Mullins, Mike Mullins, I don't even know what his name is. If he comes into Tampa and wins... That's a fireable offense. In a season full of fireable offenses. <laughs> Quite a few. Like, this list is longer than the plank that Derek, uh, Dirk Cutter's walking out on because he hasn't fallen in yet. Give me the Bucks, but my God, this is going to be a gross, gross game to watch. Yeah, I'll take the Bucks, And I, I will say, I'll put this out there. This is this how this game's going to go. The Bucks are going to get up by like 21 points, and then Winston on back-to-back possessions <laughs> is just going to make the most ridiculous turnovers you've ever seen. Like a throw that goes in a quadruple coverage and then just some fumble after he scrambles around for eight seconds. 
and the Niners will get it to six, and you'll be basically catatonic over there on the other side of the table. Yep. And then they'll pull it out. So that's my my prediction. Uh, there's only one to me anyway. One good game, even mildly good game, in the one o'clock slate on Sunday. That is Seattle at Carolina. Seattle, uh, a three point dog in this game. Of course, they won on Thursday night. They're five and five. Carolina's lost two straight. They're six and four. Uh, look, I said that in my picks when I wrote on Thursday, I lock of the week for me was Carolina. I thought they would smoke Detroit. They had 10 days off. They just got humiliated by Pittsburgh. I thought, I thought Carolina was going to come out and send a message. Uh, they sent a message all right. Not the one I was looking for. I, I will back them one more time. I think they win this game. Seattle's going to be all the way across the country. I know, I know they've had a couple extra days rest. I just don't trust Seattle. I, I think Wilson's phenomenal. I love Russell Wilson. I think, obviously, Pete Carroll, his resume speaks for itself. I just – their roster does nothing for me. Nothing. And I, I think the Panthers are a better team than the Packers. I think they'll show it. I think they'll win. Uh, I guess I'll take them to cover, although I think, yeah, it could be a, a field goal game, maybe 27-23, something like that. Give me the Panthers just because – not because I think that they're the better team or I'm picking with any sort of confidence, but I just don't see a scenario in which they lose three straight games. That just doesn't seem to be – they're consistent in their mediocrity, but they're not consistent in anything other than just you don't know what they are. Do you know what they are enough to know that they're not going to fall into a losing streak like this? Seattle is coming all the way across the country, which I don't like to think matters a lot, but it does matter a little bit. Pete Carroll's the better head coach. Russell Wilson's the better quarterback. Give me, give me Carolina in this one, but I don't feel confident about it. And I wouldn't be shocked if, if Seattle, this is the part of the season where they really start. I mean, they almost beat... Los Angeles last week. They've strung together some good wins. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the stretch of the season where they really start putting things together and making a serious push into the wild card. And then that's a team where you don't want to be, you know, Minnesota or you or probably Chicago or a division winner. You don't want to be Washington. You don't want to be Chicago going up against Seattle in the wild card because that truly is a wild card. You don't know what you're going to get. Give me, give me Carolina in this one at least for one more week. Finally, Raiders at Ravens. There's no line on the game, so we don't know who's playing quarterback yet for uh, Baltimore. Like it matters. <laughs> it uh, yeah, listen, matter. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say I'm taking the Ravens. That, <laughs> that's it. I Honestly, if you need more analysis, I'm sorry for you. There's nothing to say. The Raiders are the worst team in football. They barely beat Arizona on the road. You want to argue Arizona's worst? Fine. I'm sorry. If you say to me, which of those rosters would you rather take, it's not even a contest. I, I, the Cardinals. I would think the Cardinals. Like they actually have real players on, in some spots. They're just not good. I don't believe in their coach, but I, I think you know they're they're at least somewhat passable in, in some spots. You know, Chandler Jones, Patrick Peterson, David Johnson, whatever. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the Ravens. I mean, it, the Ravens are in the thick of a playoff race. They're not going to lose at home to Oakland. Ravens. Okay, moving on. Four o'clock slate. Another game that can't wait to watch this one. Cardinals at Chargers. Oh God. Chargers. I told you this. This week is the worst week. Yeah, this week is, <laughs> this is awful. This is Doesn't rough. help that the Chiefs and Rams are on the bye. Two of the more exciting teams in the league, both uh, out of commission, and the Saints play on Thursday. So any of those teams on Sunday. Uh, the Cardinals at the Chargers at the four o five game. Oh God. Again. You know what? Actually, I'll say this. I think the Chargers are going to win this game. I also think this is going to be a game that about. 6 o'clock Eastern, you're like, what's the score of that game? 16-13 Cardinals? What? I, I, that game has all the makings of just Cardinals like hanging around, hanging around. The only reason I will say, though, that deep down I think the Chargers blow them out, when I really think about it, 
The, the Cardinals cannot block. With Bosa healthy, Ingram coming off the edge as well, I just think it's the kind of game where they will get to Rose and get to him early. So in, in honesty and reality, I think the Chargers will win and pull away. But there's also the other side of me, I will admit, that looks at this and just says this would be the stereotypical game with the Chargers where they just let them hang in there, kind of like they did with the Niners earlier this year. So, you know, they win, but you just scare the hell out of you. The only thing that, that makes me say that won't happen, well, two things. Cardinals can't block, and the Chargers just lost to Denver. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll, they'll come out firing. But obviously, I think the Chargers will win, and I think they will get to, uh, what would it be, 8-3 and three on the year. Give me the charge in this one, just because they'd like to beat the crap out of really bad teams. So, and the Cardinals are a very bad team. They're not good. So they're, they're, no, they're not good. So, give, give me the Chargers in this one. All right, 425, couple of games. Steelers at the Broncos. Steelers favored by three and a half. Uh, look, Pittsburgh got away with a, a very poor performance in Jacksonville. It was down 16 nothing. Found a way to win. And give credit for that. Found a way to win the game. Did not play well. Uh, Doug Marone and Blake Bortles uh, contributed to the uh, Steelers' fund, so to speak. Denver is 4-6 and six in a game out of the playoff spot. I just don't see it. I, I don't think I don't think that Denver finds a way to win. By the way, as we're watching this, the quarterback play in the Chicago-Minnesota game has just been abominable. Uh, I, will, I will get to this here in a minute because it has to be talked about. But... Um, give me, give me Pittsburgh. I think it's a fairly close game because Pittsburgh's always weird on the road. But uh, I just don't think Denver is good enough to string together a couple of real good performances. And I think Pittsburgh is playing well despite its its hiccup there in Jacksonville. They survived. So give me the Steelers. Uh, I'll take Denver to cover the three and a half. But I, I think the Steelers win. Give me the Steelers in this one. Uh, I I agree with all your points. I really don't have that much more to say about it. The, the thing with the Steelers is it's it's impossible to pick against them until they prove you wrong. But, boy, do they come up to that line and flirt with it before coming back. Like, being down 16 to nothing to the Jaguars and then coming back to win, that's getting up to that line where you're like, I really don't believe in this team. And then, you know, backing off of that. But the other shoe will drop for Pittsburgh. It's not going to be against Denver, though. Who, to be completely fair, look – at times, like an actual football team. So you got to give Vance Joseph that. He's not a good coach. He's not going to be the head coach of that team next year. But give him credit. They put together drives like they did to win that Chargers game. They do actually look pretty good, which is almost more frustrating because you're like, there's something here that's just un- everybody's unable to tap into. But give me Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, look, the, the final game at the 4 o'clock window, Dolphins and Colts, there's no line on it because we don't know who the quarterback for the Dolphins is going to be. It's also because they don't want to play this game. I also, just, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. I think, I think the Colts are going to beat the doors off them oh, in that yeah. game. Okay? The Dolphins' defense leaves a lot to be desired. The Colts are playing really well. They're at home. They're on a roll. I don't care who plays quarterback for Miami. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. I think they're going to get lit up in that game. That's my... I think they are going to get absolutely lit up in Indianapolis. Indianapolis is good. Like, Indianapolis isn't going to win a Super Bowl. They may not even win a playoff game. Like, 
The Colts are frisky. The Colts are not going to be some pushover easy team to beat anymore. I think the Colts win the game. Obviously, again, no line on it. But give me the Colts. Give me the Colts in this one, too. They're going to do unspeakable things to this Dolphins team. who are finally going to realize that they're not worthy of going to the playoffs. And this is going to be it. Uh, however, we talked about the hot seat with Doug Marone. I don't think Adam Gase goes on the hot seat this year. I think they give him a year with his own quarterback because he's had Ryan Tannehill and now Brock Tober, Brock Osweiler, Matt Moore. These are guys that he's had to coach. They're going to let him get his own guy. So as bad as things are for the Dolphins, I think maybe next year's going to get better. But the, the Colts are going to do something really awful to them on Sunday. Sunday night football. Packers and Vikings, lines four and a half Minnesota. I'm guessing if this game won't be four and a half, might be more like three. Minnesota's going to lose. They're going to drop the five, four and one on the year. Uh, let's talk about Minnesota and let's a little bit about Green Bay here. Look, I'll take the Vikings to win the game because I, I, I'm so done with the Packers. Oh, so unbelievably done watching Green Bay. Um, but boy, I'll tell you, Minnesota's disappointing as all get out. Everybody thought, you know, 13-3 last year. Oh, they upgraded. They got Cousins. They got Sheldon. They stink. They stink, man. Like, everybody talks about them. They're 5-4-1 and one now. And you look at that team schedule. Who the hell are the Vikings beating all year long? They beat the Niners. They tied the Packers. Lost to the Bills. Lost to the Rams. Beat the Eagles. Beat the Cardinals. Beat the Jets. Lost to the Saints. Beat the Lions. I mean, what is the best win they've had? The Eagles? It, it, it is just... They're not good, man. I don't know what their deal is. I don't know what is. Well, part of the deal, they can't block anybody. Yeah. And in this game, we've been sitting there watching it. Cousins has just been getting lit up like a Christmas tree by Khalil Mack, and they just won't help him. They won't help. Dalvin Cook has tried to chip like three times. He can't do it somehow. He's, I don't know how a running back can't chip a linebacker. It's not that hard, but he just keeps keep failing to do it. Then the Bears countered that by looping Mack inside, and the Vikings just flummoxed. I have no idea how to deal with it. <laughs> Apparently, like, I've never seen a guy stunt inside. So uh, ultimately, I I think the Vikings win because I, I just I'm so incredibly out on Green Bay and that whole. I, I also think it's to the point Green Bay that, that the players are just ready to just mail it. I think they're so fed up with McCarthy. But man, the Vikings and like you know what Cousins, eighty four million dollars guaranteed. He's played well this year. I'm not taking away from but like this game. He has been awful. Threw a pick six to seal it. Like just looks terrible. And dude, if you're an $84 million quarterback, you better play well in these types of spots. And he just doesn't. He is not – if you lose this game, and I want to give credit here, Courtney Cronin uh, with, the, with the tweet uh, from ESPN, the staff writer there, she says, uh, Cousins, now if they lose this game 4-12 and 12 in primetime. It's not great. You're typically playing good teams in primetime, and he doesn't beat them. So that's a huge concern. Give me Minnesota to uh, keep playoff dreams alive there up in the Great White North. Yeah, four and twelve in primetime games is not what you're looking to spend eighty-three million dollars on. Like earlier this season, he looked like trash against the Saints. Like that's the game. Not only do you want him playing well in, but that's the type of game that really stings with Vikings fans because the whole Minneapolis miracle. You're like, oh yeah, we got these guys number. We beat them last year. No, you lost in this regular season. God knows if you see them in the playoffs in the Superdome, it's going to get really ugly. Uh, give me the Vikings in this one because they're at home. I think that ultimately tips the scales. But if I'm a Packers fan, please, 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 please do not defend Mike McCarthy. Do not drink any more of the Mike McCarthy Kool-Aid. 
when people are when, when analysts like like Vernon and I when we comment on these things and we say Mac- McCarthy needs to go, McCarthy's not the answer. It is not an indictment on Packers fans. It's not an indictment on Aaron Rodgers. Don't get off of that bandwagon. Because you can hit your wagon to John Harbaugh next year. He's going to be out in Baltimore. Like that, they're, they're heading for divorce. Like everybody, you can see the writing on the wall. That's going to happen. And then that's when Green Bay is like, Here are a, here's a stack of blank checks, John Harbaugh. Please, God, come to Lambeau. Because he may not be an offensive guru like Nagy or like Reed or some of these guys, but he's a damn good head coach. And he knows how to identify a guy who is going to get the most out of Aaron Rodgers. So please, when you see people bashing the Packers on Twitter, when you see people trying to reason with you and say that Devontae Adams is not a top five receiver, that Aaron Rodgers is not the best quarterback in football right now, please know that it can get better. Okay, go out and get Harbaugh is the future. That is what you want if you're a Packers fan. So just give me the Vikings in this game, and please, Packers fans, hang on. Hang on until Harbaugh gets there because everything will change. And if they don't get him and they keep McCarthy, holy crap. If, he, if, if this is a scenario I see playing. Keep out. eating cheese and they have a heart attack. If you keep They're going to keep McCarthy. Harbaugh is going to go to Cleveland. That's what's going to happen. But God, that, that can be your future. Please think that. That would be interesting. Uh, I love Harbaugh there. The Monday night game, Titans and Texans. There's no line because we have no idea what the hell's going on. Mariota is somehow hurt again for the 85th time in a row. Blaine uh, Gabbert. You know, I said on Twitter on Monday during the Titans-Cowboys game, that you would have to be out of your mind to think that Marcus Mariota is a franchise quarterback. And I, well, let me tell you something. All 28 Titans fans that exist on Twitter, furious. Furious. Okay? Came at me in a rage. Uh, one guy specifically said, hey, you know, if he played in Kansas City, you know, he would be better than Mahomes. And, and then also doubled down and said if he played in New England, he'd be better than Brady. So that's what you were dealing with. That was a kind of vitriol. Uh, it was called some things I won't repeat. I enjoyed it. I love the back and forth. I'm at, at heart, I'm a New Yorker, so I love that kind of stuff. Um, and then he threw one of the worst picks I've ever seen today against the Colts, and I, I tweeted that out. And surprisingly, not a lot of feedback from the Titans fans. Uh, probably, probably in a hiding place during that Colts game. But Mariota hurt his hand. So no line on the game. They're at Houston. I will take Houston regardless. Houston is the better team. Houston's playing very well. Look, Houston right now in a seven-game winning streak. Okay, and they come off of a game where they beat Washington. They took care of business. Now, the concern I have with Houston is the same thing, and I won't even get into it, but the coaching scares the hell out of me. And while I think Deshaun Watson's a very good player, the turnovers at some point here have got to stop. There's way too many interceptions. I know part of that's because they can't block anybody. I get it, but it's, he's got to take ownership of it a little bit as well. But I think they win. They're 7-3. and three. It would be 8-3 and three to win that game. And then, by the way, after that, here's the remaining schedule for Houston. Uh, this is the start of a three-game homestand. So at or home to Tennessee, home to Cleveland, home to the Colts, at the Jets, at the Eagles, and then they finish off the season home to Jacksonville. Houston, Houston might go like twelve and four here. Yeah. Okay. Like very, very well happen. So uh, give me Houston in the game. I think Tennessee falls to five and six. I have no faith in, in Mariota and that offense. Yeah. Give me Houston. I'm out. On Marietta and the in the Titans, that's that's just it needs to end. My God, that's bad. And I'm sorry for actually, I'm not sorry. This is not Matt Lafleur's fault. It's not his fault that he has to deal with Marcus Marietta. Give him a real quarterback, and we'll see what he's worth. But uh, give me Houston this one, despite the fact that somehow all of the eggs are now in Bill O'Brien's basket, and that is a basket 
that has a flimsy bottom. Be careful with that because those eggs will break. So that that's all the games. Finally, we, thank God. We did it. Those games, <laughs> now wow. We, now we just have to watch them. We oh, picked them. Now we God. have to watch. That is a rough slate. I'm not going to lie to you, folks. Um, all right, so as we watch the end of this Vikings-Bears game, which, by the way, and I'll, just, I'll say this really quickly. The Bears have made me a believer in the sense I think the defense is absolutely legit. I love their skill position players. Trubisky still scares the hell out of me. He has thrown two of the wor- like just horrendous interceptions in this game. And by the way, he should have thrown a third. The one right through Xavier Rose's hands would have been a pick six. It would have tied yeah. the game. Like, just, this is why, like, I think the Bears are a good team. I really do. And I think Trubisky's getting better. But in a playoff game, they just scared the daylights out of me because of crap like that. So, take that for what it's worth. Um, all right, so moving on from all that, look, Hill, any, uh, any final thoughts on the week that was in the NFL? I just need to recover from the Buccaneers. Going one in four in games that they score, that they post more than 500 yards in. One in four. I think the stat was that all the teams in the league that have done that are 11 and one, 11 and four, or something like that. It doesn't matter. Good God, this is my life. <laughs> I get to watch it next week. Actually, uh, let's close on this. Uh, normally, we don't talk about the Monday night game at all, but this game, forget that my, my Chiefs are involved, just an enormous game. Oh, big time. The NFL is actually pulling together an all star officiating crew for this, like it's a playoff game. I've, I can never remember that happening for a regular season game before. Uh, what are you looking for? What are you most excited for uh, as we wrap up here for the Monday night game? I mean, this honestly feels like a Super Bowl dress rehearsal, right up to like re- replacing the refs with an all-star crew. I, the Rams' defense is something that I, I'm really looking at because they habitually bleed points, and they're able to find a way to win offensively. The Chiefs have already had this kind of game with the Patriots, but it seems like the Rams have had more of them against the Vikings, against the Packers, against the Saints. And granted, they didn't win all of those games, but they know how they're battle tested in that way. And I really want to see if if the Chiefs can come back and do that because they've had games where they scored a lot of points, but it was against Arizona, it was against Los Angeles, it was against Denver, it was against teams that really they were going to beat outright. I want to see if they can get into the type of battle that the Rams have been in numerous times and found a way to win. They haven't won pretty, but they've won. Can they keep that up? And can the Chiefs match that and really prove that they are the cream of the crop in the NFL? Because if they win this game, it's the Saints, and then it's the Chiefs, and then it's the Rams. So that, that, that to me, what I'm, that's what I'm looking at in this game. Yeah, you know, like I think the Chiefs actually have a more impressive resume from the standpoint that who have the Rams beaten this year? Uh, the Chargers, well, the Chiefs also beat the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vikings, well, the Vikings are about to be 5-4-1 and one and don't look particularly impressive. No. Uh, the Rams beat Denver, uh, well, the Chiefs beat Denver twice. Yep. Uh, and then it's like, well, they beat Arizona, they beat the Niners, well, so did the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But guess what? The Chiefs beat Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. Yep. So I hung 42 points on them in that game. Almost beat the Patriots. Oh, very close to being the Now, look, none of that is to discredit the Rams. I think, I think this game's going to be phenomenal. I, think the, I picked the Rams. To be blunt, I picked the Rams to win the game. Um, I think this game comes down to two things, and they both kind of fall into the same vein. Can the Chiefs slow down Aaron Donald, mm. and can the Rams stop the pass rush of the Chiefs? Because everybody talks about all these defenses stink, and they, they're not good. The Chiefs have not given up more than 23 points, save for the Pats game, since week three. Okay, The Rams have Aaron Donald's 12 and a half sacks this league in the league, despite being an interior pass rusher. 
The one thing about Kansas City, nobody ever mentions, and I get why. I mean, it's not a sexy part of their game. They have so many other things you pay attention to. The Chiefs lead the league, or at least did going into this week, with 31 sacks. And they don't blitz a lot. The Chiefs blitz, I think, second fewest in any team in football. Like, the Rams are going to have to block D Ford, and they're going to have to block Justin Houston and Chris Jones. Chris Jones has had a sack every game for the last six games. D Ford has nine sacks. Houston's been excellent. Like, the Rams have got to be able to protect Goff. If they don't in this game, I think the Chiefs win. Conversely, if they can block, and Donald is just killing a very beat-up interior part of the offensive line of the Chiefs, I think the Rams win. So that's how I'm looking for. Thank you very much for joining us. We ran a little bit late, a minute, uh, an hour and 12. I want to quickly thank, of course, our sponsors over Fanatics. Uh, go to fanatics.fansided.com. Save 20% on shipping using the code FANSIDED. They do a great job. They've got every fan's needs covered, whether you're talking about a hat or a jersey or gloves. It's getting cold outside. Anything you can think of, any a T-shirt, any kind of marabilia, they've got it. They've got you covered. They do a great job. So please go to Fanatics. Check them out. Um, and, of course, if you're just listening for the first time, thank you so much. If you're listening for the 50th time, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Please subscribe and uh, join us every week. So subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. And, of course, reach out to Josh and I on Twitter or on our emails, uh, which are first.last at fanside.com. Uh, and so finally, uh, again, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, and we will be back with another episode of Stack in the Box next Sunday night, week 12, coming up. So enjoy the Monday night game. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays to you and yours. And enjoy what is an awful, awful <laughs> slate of games. Prayers up. On Sunday and Monday night. Till then, for Josh Hill, I am Matt Verran, we'll talk to you next week. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, You need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.